they probably were in a safer place than uh, others uh, that were all in the cloud, right? For that last outage. A friend of mine has been referring to them lately as Microsoft 363, <laughs> which, which gives me which gives me giggles. Yeah. You could Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have my hair guru with me, Prasanna. How's it going, Prasanna? Not bad, Curtis. I'm ready for the weekend, I gotta say. Are you going to do something special with your hair? Uh, (laughs) Nope, not today, Curtis. Not today. But I do have to put it up in a ball. You're not just just tell me now you're not going to put it in a man bun. Do you do you do a man bun? I do not put my hair up. I do not braid my hair. I do not even put it in a ponytail. I do not put it in a man bun. Okay. All right. It's just sort of hanging out there. there. Just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, it's just way there. Too, way more hair than I've ever had on my head in my life, perhaps even if you add all the hair I've ever had. But whatever, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just jealous. Uh, so this podcast, uh, we wanted to talk again about microsoft 365 and we have a i think a very special guest it's actually i think this is our first like microsoft expert that we've had on here uh, persona you think i believe you're right yeah 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 i think you're right you think that's okay i think so yeah yeah uh, she has been in it for for 20 plus years primarily working with the microsoft stack uh doing a lot of work with uh, early sql server and she actually did the very first implementation of SharePoint in the state of Utah, which is kind of a pretty big deal. And now she considers herself a Microsoft 365 architect. She has now joined Druva, and we are excited to have her at Druva. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Vanessa Tovis. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to be here. I'm hoping you will teach us a lot about Microsoft 365. That's my hope for today's podcast. Teach us, oh, great Microsoft guru person. <laughs> I think I think that that's the case that anyone I think in in my position or experience we we do end up teaching a lot more than what people even expect right they have no idea about a lot of things because aren't like you know Microsoft products historically and 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 SaaS based Microsoft products they sort of tout sort of simplicity you know it's like they they were they had like you know, a much better GUI and whatnot back at like, I grew up in the, in the Unix side of world. Right. And that was, that was what it's like, Ooh, there's this pretty GUI. So there's this perception, I think that Microsoft products are easy to administer, but I, I, I'm guessing you've spent a lot of your time helping people to administer these easy to administer products. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's correct. I mean, ultimately when you deal with, you know, the Microsoft stack or, the enterprise, right? These are enterprise level uh, platforms. So mm-hmm. I, I think education is one of the core things that any consultant brings to the table. I mean, there's so many ways that you can do uh, the same thing in SharePoint or in, you know, in Teams, but even in the administration of that, it's such a behemoth now. Uh, there's so many parts of uh, the 365 administration and without even touching, you know, even Azure at the same time. And I'm sure, especially with some of these Microsoft products, 
you need to understand like the other pieces. I know in the pre-call, we were talking about how you kind of need to understand the things that are evolving around you. Like even if you're using SharePoint, you kind of need to know, okay, what is Exchange? Because there is that integration as well. Oh, absolutely. The relationship between these applications in 365, um, they're very important to understand uh, because if you think about the one application that has um, the most excitement today in the Microsoft world, in the Microsoft 365 world, that would be Teams. The place of Teams is truly a center of all of these applications. You can bring them all together within that one world of Teams. And that's where there's a lot of lack of knowledge when you talk about the average user in a company. They think chat, video, they think of the, the core concepts, but truly from the collaboration side of it, um, they don't understand that you can embed the form, you can embed your your stream video, right? that you have your Power BI that you can bring into your team as well. So, For some of our viewers who may not be familiar with Microsoft 365, could you explain a little bit about Teams, like high level? Yeah, absolutely. So Microsoft Teams is, is a collaboration tool for chat, phone, video conferencing. That's what most people think about, right, where Teams is concerned. But truly, the, the expansive product also includes your file management, your collaboration. And then there is the connection to all of the other information and the, uh, the other apps that are associated. So Teams is one of so many different apps in the suite of Microsoft 365. So hopefully that that answered your question. No, I, I think, no, that definitely helps. I'm sure there are some folks who are like, like you mentioned, right? Oh, I just use it for chatting with other people in my organization or, oh, I use it for audio services. But yeah, like you mentioned, it's kind of that center place where everything now gets connected together. And I, I think that's where the education comes in. I mean, uh, Microsoft, of course, has done what they could uh, from an education perspective uh, through their conferences, right? Through, I think, I think it's Jeff Tepper and his entire team. They have built this product of Microsoft Teams and, of course, the other apps that that, that are under there. Um, but there still is a lot of um, lack of knowledge about truly how it's used. And I think with COVID this year, with our, uh, with so many companies going to uh, work from home that you have this huge base of people now that are using Teams more than ever before. And people are starting to actually poke around and see things more that they never knew, like the fact that when you click on the Files tab, that actually is a hook to the SharePoint site. Or the fact that I can create a form in there and share it out to you know the world or share it out to just my team. So with Teams, it is the center of, it's where you can bring all of these apps together. And I think that's why um, it's going to place or place such a big part in the future or now and even in the future, because there are so many apps. And part of that problem is that when you send people to so many different places, they have no idea about the big picture, right? The picture of something. So instead, you can use a tool like Teams to bring a group together and bring the information to that group versus go to the Waffle, click on the Forms app, go navigate <laughs> to your group form, go do this, and then also go back to the Waffle. Let's go to our Power BI dashboard and let's look at that dashboard that our team can also use, right? That's like the beauty of Teams is that as the Microsoft suite of applications grow, 
you'll see it become more and more of the center of the Microsoft world. What is this Power BI of which you speak? Power BI is, it, it's actually my one of my favorite uh, applications. So early in my career, I did a lot of um, business intelligence, so reporting, dashboards, and worked on the um, what's called SQL Server Reporting Services platform. And so Power BI is the best uh, analytics tool, period. <laughs> Uh, and that is an app, right? That is an app that comes with one of the licenses, or you can buy it. Uh, you can buy a license separately, but you can hook up data to it. You can hook up an Excel file. You can hook up an SQL Server, but it's a data visualization tool. For, for the record, I, I haven't used it, right? I, I you know, I, I've spent the majority of my career on, you know, the the Unix side or the Linux side, and now I'm, you know, I'm primarily a Mac user. Uh, so I haven't I haven't had a lot of direct like in the field experience with Microsoft 365, which is what and I think we have a lot of those people at Druva. By the way, um, the the you know the the three of us actually today on the podcast are all Druva employees, but this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are all Vanessa's. So also uh, please make sure to uh, rate this podcast if you like what you hear. Go to ratethispodcast.com/slash/restore. And tell us how wonderful you think we are. If you think we're, you know, garbage, then you really don't need to do anything. <laughs> there's, there's just no need. No one wants to hear that. And so I think that's what, you know, that's why we needed somebody like you to that, that's actually used this, you know, in the field. You talk about Teams as sort of the center of things. Prior to the introduction of Teams, I would have described the center being SharePoint. So how is SharePoint different than, I mean... Uh, at this point, I, I kind of know the answer to the question, but I want to hear your perception of maybe what was SharePoint intending to be and how has the role of SharePoint changed since the introduction of Teams? And what is SharePoint used for? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the first thing is, what is SharePoint used for? So I, I, I think anyone that knows me, that hears me say this, they'll laugh. But truly, the very first thing that SharePoint is used for is a document repository. That is what you will find people using SharePoint for, but that is not the only thing that they use it for. It is a point um, through which you share things, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. right. right. Um, yeah, so it's it's more of if you think about you know your your OneDrive, that's my files, the things that that really pertain to me. And but if I think about a, a SharePoint site that is for the let's just say HR employee files, we'll, we'll just be very specific about that. That site can be secured and I can put anything in there and share it with just one person or two, right? I have a lot more control over that. So yes, the first and foremost, people do use SharePoint um, for document, right? Document management. And with the relationship to Teams and SharePoint, most people have no idea that SharePoint is the repository of information for a Microsoft team. So if you go into your teams, any one of them, and you see that tab that says files, there's another little icon that says open in SharePoint. That's because everything that's saved for fi where files are concerned, right? It lives in a SharePoint site. So that's the connection. And as you know, most users, they really don't care. They don't care necessarily that there are multiple apps that are building what you know, what they're looking at. They just want to get in and get out. They want to do their work, get in, get out. Um, 
So uh, that's the primary use of, of SharePoint. Now for a lot of other companies though, they use the uh, modern experience for uh, an employee portal, for a knowledge base repository, for a communications portal, right? whether it could be for a customer base, it could be for vendors. So having this more visual web page, web page uh, type representation of information is also another big usage of SharePoint. So, so, so yeah. So it not only so a for an document, intranet. Yeah, right. Internet. Yeah. So not only a document repository, but also sort of an information repository that is displayed via pages and things like that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, you know, most companies go through. You know, they have a life cycle uh, of their maturity of how they manage information. Uh, where whether you are you live in just your email and you share files back and forth, you've invested in a file share, your company's invested in a file share, and then right there's kind of a progression through all of this, uh, and then you jump into a SaaS-based program or even before with SharePoint on-premise. Uh, there's there's a a big investment in for organizations to build these places or to to license in this case a SharePoint or a 365 so that they can take ownership and maintain ownership and control over their information. And then would it be fair to say that OneDrive is a file system interface to SharePoint? Is that a pretty good description? No, actually. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, officially, <laughs> OneDrive. <laughs> so the, the answer to that is it is a site collection that is using SharePoint, right, as its... Uh, as its foundation, but it is OneDrive is an app onto itself that an individual will use and they can hold and share files in there. Uh, so yes, it's a, it's personal, technically speaking, on the back end of it, yes, it's a ultimately it's a site collection. Truly, that's what it is. But once again, no one really looks at it like that. I do. So that's a lie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> But I think it also makes sense. Like you have this great technology like SharePoint and you just have multiple different ways that you can leverage it depending on the application and what the user intends it to be. So, Absolutely, uh, so you used another term there and that was site collection. What, what is a site collection and, and what other sort of pieces and parts are there of SharePoint? Yeah, absolutely. So within SharePoint, everything is housed in, we'll just call it a container, and we'll, we'll try to be uh, relatively simple in that. We need um, another term. And, and that, uh, other than container? Yeah, I, well, I, I don't have a better one, but, you know, yeah. because, because container now means something. Yeah. It's, oh, Docker, it. it's Docker's fault. We have this problem all kinds of, all times, but we'll, we'll, go, with, we'll go with container and I'll get over it. All right. It. Okay, so uh, well, you have to think about who's listening, possibly, because the word site collection and even site or subsite, um, <laughs> uh, not everyone understands just what that term. But ultimately, when uh, you have a site like an HR department, and an HR department has to have um, it, it, you know, we create a site collection, and in that site collection, I can save documents, I can save pages, I can have links to things. So it really is the I won't say container, <laughs> the place <laughs> where I would save information. Uh, and wrapped around that are, are features like I want to, who, who's an owner from permissions to security, right, to access all of that. Um, and it can be unique. So I can have a hundred of these in an organization. Uh, you can have a site collection for HR 
that everyone in the company can read. That's visible via your intranet. And then HR can have a bunch of different groups very specifically. And a group has a site collection that it saves its information in. Um, so usually when people interact, you know, like in my experience in the past, uh, what you do is you go out and you build, you, you understand how a company is organized and, you know, from, of course, departments, but also processes because you might, it's not always a one-to-one. You don't just get, uh, HR just gets one. HR might have 10 different uh, needs. And so ultimately you build 10 different you have 10 different repositories of information, aka a site collection. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you you dropped the word group in there. Is that group with a small G or group with a big G? What up, G? Group with a capitalized, everything capitalized. Okay. Me, and you know, you understand what I'm saying because we're yes. I'm asking a question. We're talking about Microsoft 365 groups. Yes, absolutely. Which is, which is the next thing we're going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. And that's this is there's a lot of you know sometimes it can be confusing, but groups because by the way, I think the word groups is synonymous with the word teams. I was just going to say that me. too, yeah it is it is and it 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 is <laughs> but it is above teams, I should say everything so other than an individual right Vanessa Tovis at druva dot com mm-hmm. that's my that's my place I've got an email you have groups and you can have a group that has a Microsoft team, or you can have a group that does not have a Microsoft team. So Microsoft Teams uses groups versus, so you can't have a team without a group, but you can have a group without a team. Because a team is just an app inside. Correct. Of yeah. Every, is everybody within at least one group? Well, they don't have, yes. I mean, they don't have to be. You can have, so if I think about a, a typical an organization, you might have 200 groups in an organization from like um, accounts payables, accounts receivables to finance to uh, the 2020 audit, right? The groups are also defined security and right. collaboration. So, right. And so you could, you could be in multiple groups. Absolutely. You can be in 50 groups, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, <laughs> but groups are, I mean, I did talk about how Teams is the center of collaboration. That's where, that's the face. But where um, the 365 architecture is concerned, groups is truly the heart of it. So for, you know, so if you don't consider that or consider how that's used um, in, especially in your architecture, that's going to, it's always a painful experience when you see that. You're missing out on a lot if you're not using it. <laughs> well, you have to. And just it's the, you know, for an admin, for an, anyone that has to admin this world, understanding the relationship of how a group plays across the entire tenant, right? Your The tenant is your uh, druva.com, right? Druva.sharepoint.com, right? That's your tenant um, for your company. But you have to understand that relationship. Otherwise, you miss out on a lot of uh, a lot of things that you need to know, right? not even just have to know, but that you need to understand. Um, as an example, when people think of, you know, we'll just talk about like the, the retention for an example. It's not just that, oh, I want to I want to make sure I keep everything for my team. 
Well, really, it's not just a team because a group has uh, SharePoint. It does have a team. It could have forms. It could have a Power BI. It could have so many things. And groups are at the center of all of that. So understanding um, where a group is, you know, or the place of groups in 365 is definitely important. So then, sorry, I know you're just talking about groups and segueing into backup. Would you say then really what you care about protecting is a group and everything within the group? Absolutely. 100%. And everything the group touches, including teams. Right? Teams has certain things, uh, certain features, certain settings, um, certain, right? It also has other integrations, but it's to just backup teams. Uh, you're missing out on the other, right? All of the other pieces that people may have brought into that team. Help me understand that. A good example is if I just backed up, if I just thought about um, backing up something like Microsoft Teams, mm -hmm. in that team, I could absolutely, I'd have a channel and I have multiple channels and I drop in files. Well, I have my files and that those files, as we just heard, right, those come from SharePoint. Well, in my team itself, I also may have a flow uh, or power app, sorry, a power app flow that someone might have said, oh, when an email comes in to that to that email, right, for my team, um, helpdesk at druva.com, I want you to post in this channel. And there, there's conditional things. So that's another app. In the same team, I also have a tab where I've created a form that I want everyone to create, right? It's a SharePoint site request. And I create this form and if you want to create, or if you're, if anyone in the organization wishes to create a, um, or needs a SharePoint site or whatever it may be that they're asking for, uh, they can fill out this form. And the, the Excel file, right? Uh, the form lives there, is visible there in my team. So the team absolutely becomes a visualization of, or a connection with all of these other apps and you bring that in there. So to just backup teams is, is really only backing up part of uh, the picture. And in fact, you might miss out on so many other components uh, that are more important. And then inside teams, like you said, there are channels, there are public channels and private channels. Uh, and each of those channels is associated with a group, correct? Um, no, not the channels. Well, the, so a group can have multiple channels. I am, I'm actually also not fond of private channels, um, to be perfectly honest. And, uh, that's just me. Right. And I, I generally challenge people to say, if it's that important that you are, you want to secure that, secure the chat, secure the files, then you should just create another group. And usually you find that where it might be a um, um, so a department creates a team and they have all their channels for all their sub teams or their projects. And then a manager might just create this channel called manager and they might just they want they want only their managers to have access to that. What I would say is, you know, don't create just a channel. I mean, ultimately, when why people are creating private channels is they have uh, their entire team in you know in this in this group in Microsoft Teams and 
you know, they're creating a folder for, uh, let's just say their managers, they're, sorry, they're creating a channel for just their managers. So I always recommend instead of doing that, just create another group, right? Go and create another Microsoft team um, for your managers. And the that, reason- That is based on a group. Right. So right. put those other four people in a completely separate team. And the reason really comes down to you now have all of the other features that you can, you know, you can use with that specific team versus a private channel just gives you a, you know, you get private chat and you get private files, right? That, that you don't get other, there's no other private slice of things. Just to clarify. So if I, what I'm, what I'm inferring from what you're saying is that a public channel is associated with a group, but a private channel is one where I just, where I just say Curtis, Vanessa and persona like manually. And you're saying, don't do that. Create a group and assign the a channel to the group. Did I get all that right? I think so. <laughs> so uh, here I'll, I'll, I'll use yeah, an because, example because because in that example that you just gave, Curtis, once I have that group created with the three of us, then it could just be a public channel. It's just limited to the three of us anyway, and you get all right. the benefits of everything that you would get as part of a separate group, right. which but would be says, beyond Teams. But when it says public channel, that doesn't mean public to everyone. It's public to everyone in the group that the channel is assigned to. Correct. Yes. Well, yeah, it's it's accessible, right? It's, it's secured to just, yeah, to the people you've assigned. Yeah. Accessible. Yeah. It's just, it's just an odd term to call it public channel, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in that, you know, when you think about, because it's that, that private channel now has a different purpose. You have changed the purpose and the security model of that channel. And if you're doing that, then just request another group, right? What? Another, just say uh, no to private channels. Just say no to private channels. That's my, that's me, right? And, okay. Now, um, is there a way to take a private channel and sort of move things over to a new group? Or oh, is yeah. it you basically start over? Uh, currently, right, in the UI, you can move the files, right? You, It's easy enough to move the files. You go to the folder and you say, oh, I belong to this. I'm in, I'm in, uh, channel A and I'm I want to move it over to my uh, my other uh, team to channel B. So if I have access to both, you can use the files and actually move it within the UI. Things like your chat would be much different though. Right? I, I don't think that there's a out of the box way to actually move the chat from one team to another. I don't think there's an in or out of the box way to do that. Yeah. Because I think it's it falls in with like the stuff we're going to talk about when we're all done with this like architecture stuff in that like Microsoft thinks of that sort of as this special, the, the chat part, like they don't, they, there's, there's no API, for example, to restore a chat. Even if you're able to back it up, there's no API to restore it because they, it, it's almost like they want it. They don't want you to be able to do that. So I would, I would think that there's no way to move a chat from one group into another group. I'm sorry, from one channel into another channel. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's not the case. Um, okay. So we talked about, we've talked about teams, we talked about the channels of public and private say no to private. And then of course there's private chats, which is just, uh, which is something entirely different, right? Private chat is, so when you create that private channel or when you create a channel that is private, you can have a private chat. Is that um, different? Let me refer, I'm sorry, personal 
chat. That's what I, isn't there oh, like yes. a No, that is different. Like, right. Okay. So what, what, how is that different than the private channel? Um, your personal chat is like, if you're, if you were in and I could chat to anyone in the organization, I mean, that's your account. Um, and all of that chat information, it, it, it really doesn't belong to a team specifically. Even, um, even if you say it's a private, I'm going to have a private chat with these three people that doesn't create a channel of those three people. No, it doesn't create it. No, it, I'm, I'm not sure of what actually it creates on the okay. chat side. But with regards to a channel, the private channel or any channel chat, that that's part of a team. Right. I just, I, I, I think it, I think it, it, it does. What do you call it? It does associate it directly. It, it's, it's very similar in some ways. Sometimes the terms are a little bit. It's very similar in some ways to Slack, right? Uh, which I have more familiar with. More familiar, more. <laughs> familiarity. I with. have more familiar. I can't say the word. More, more experience I with. I know it better. You use it better. <laughs> you, you use it more. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, the 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 structure. It sounds actually quite similar. It's just maybe the terminology is a little bit uh, different. The um, and I think I well I don't know. Well, th that's irrelevant because we're not talking about Slack. Um. All right. So we talked about teams. We talked about, so there are some other things that I have zero experience with things like Yammer and these other sort of, I don't, I'm going to say lesser known tools, lesser used, lesser talked about. I don't know what to call. There's like three or four of these products that like Microsoft has acquired that not everybody uses. And Yammer is one of them. What what else fits into that category? What else fits into that category? I would, I mean, ultimately, I think it de honestly depends on the organization uh, that, and of course, the license that someone has. Um, lesser used, yeah, apps. lesser used. Yammer. What? There's some, and and as a result, like people, so the, I'll, I'll I'll categorize it differently. Apps that there is no API to back up. <laughs> so even if Druva wanted to back up those apps, there is no API to get to that data. So the products like Druva that back up Microsoft 365 don't yet back up tools like Yammer because there's no API to get to that data. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I I would say I haven't really thought about it in terms of that. Um, I more all I think about Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> I just think about it more in terms of what companies use, right? From uh, the, the organizations I've interacted with, I've worked with in the past. Um, but I think it it truly depends. If I if I were to give you which ones, of course, everyone uses Outlook being number one, yeah. and then you know you've got OneDrive, SharePoint, Teams. I think Teams will probably, even though SharePoint is right the heart of Right, the, the file repository for uh, teams, I think teams will become, um, right, take over place number two, second place. Uh, and then you have forms, planner, power BI. Uh, planner. Those kind of come in that, right, planner. That's another um, one, planner that it does, there's no API to get to the data yet. Yeah, so there's a, but, you know, there's, it, it's interesting though that they may not have direct APIs for a lot of this, but when you use a tool like um, um, Power Automate, you can get to a lot of that information, um, some of the actions, right? So uh, I think it'll, 
I'm sure it will open up more over time. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would probably say all the other apps after that uh, are it's a toss up depending on the company and what they what they choose. Right, right. Uh, I, I guess I so I I've often gotten into conversations uh, with um, Microsoft support. No, no, not Microsoft support. <laughs> I was thinking more um, Tony Redmond, the Microsoft uh, expert that has written a book about it. And one of his comments that he makes is. Well, you can do you can back up Exchange Online and SharePoint and OneDrive and and Teams. Uh, well, you know if you go back a year or so, people weren't even getting Teams, but you don't get Planner and Yammer, right? So so his point is, like, well, you're not getting everything, so you know that's not really a valid backup. And I, I can kind of agree with him, but it it was Planner and Yammer that he was that he's often stating as you know we're not getting it, and people are using them. Some of some people are using them. Yeah. And, you know, it's also um, hard for people to understand what you should back up. I mean, I think about backups as um, it, let's just talk from the on the on premise world. Right. The, well, let's let's uh, not things let's that not are jump, physical. Let's not jump that. Let's not jump that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's not get into that just yet. The backup okay. thing. And by the way, right. Vanessa. Yeah. It, it hurts my ears when you say on premise. I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? On premises. On premises. On premises. That is the word. Or on or prem. On prem. On premise. Fine. On prem. Or on prem. On premises. On premise is not a word. Just, Got it. It's not, okay. On prem. Right. We'll do on prem. All right. Yes. Like I, you can't be on my podcast and say on premise and have me not say something. That's like one of his pet peeves. Oh man, yeah. I love that I hit it on the first time. <laughs> I don't think people realize how many Microsoft 365 apps there are out there and how complex it is. And I can imagine as your users are starting to use these applications and these services, just having the amount of data spread across and just trying to manage it probably becomes very complex as an architect and admin. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the one of the first things I tell, I also tell organizations when I engage with them is to really look at the apps that they are allowing their users to uh, use in Teams, through Teams. So in the world of Teams, of course, I can pull in Excel files and stuff from SharePoint and a form and Power BI. I can pull in content from other 365 apps, but by default, you have these other apps out there um, that people are developing for Microsoft Teams. And so your your content now is can go from here's everything that we have for my company. It's kind of it's in this in this domain. But once you start allowing these apps to integrate and allowing your users to use them, now you potentially have information that lives on many other applications, right? Uh, that you may have no, no idea control. about. Yeah. No yeah. control. Here's, it's like data sprawl. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, absolutely. It's the ultimate data sprawl. And, and there's not even a server you can point at and go, what, what is that thing doing, right? Yeah. Honestly, this part has been much more detailed than I ever envisioned. And I, I want to, so I want to, this is going to become part one. This is like Microsoft 365 architecture because this is great because, you know, as as you know, working here, we don't use many of the parts of Microsoft 365 that you talked about, right? We're we're more of a Google Suite shop, 
Yes. Uh, much to your chagrin, I am sure. And maybe you will evangelize us all and, and show us the error of our ways. We use parts of parts of uh, Office 365, but not. And this is why, this is the reason behind my ignorance, I guess is what, is what I'm saying. So, so, I'm, so I, this time, Prasanna often jokes about him being the idiot in the room. We're both, I think, at this point, we're being the idiots in the room. We, we haven't, you know, as they say, fired this in anger anywhere. Uh, so it's it's really good to hear from somebody who's actually done it. As you start seeing people from on-prem going to Microsoft 365, like how difficult is that for them? Because if people want to take advantage of Teams and having everything managed for them and these new applications, they're going to have to do that migration at some point. So maybe just a little insight into that and kind of some of the challenges that people might face there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to... You know, you realize, too, that on-prem SharePoint and on-prem Exchange, um, you you only had companies, I mean, you, you don't have, you didn't have companies that had five people generally. Right? I mean, you, you may have, right, with a small business server or something. But you had larger organizations that uh, made that investment in on-prem. So from an Exchange perspective, you, you find that the larger the company, the more they're in what's called a hybrid mode. So they're not just completely in Azure. They're not completely uh, off of their physical servers. They actually have, uh, they maintain their physical server as well. Um, so there is some of that, and, and you see more of that. Uh, the larger the company, you'll absolutely have a, a hybrid. Hmm. Um, where SharePoint is concerned, uh, the, you know, the move it's always an opportunity for a company to kind of check themselves on their um, on their adoption, on their, you know, how things are actually working. I mean, if you had an architect design your site, build out a taxonomy and things are really good, the biggest challenges companies will face will be the customizations that they did, the workflows uh, that they created the processes that were all kind of ingrained into uh, go to this URL or, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, the dashboard. Yeah. So uh, the, the bigger the company, the harder that move is going to be, but it, you know, it's, it's absolutely possible. And I think it's, it's necessary. It's it, the, what you gain, uh, especially when we're talking collaboration and tools for your employees, what you gain from moving off and on-prem going to, um, the cloud and, and using the cloud apps um, absolutely is well up, well and above you know the 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 pain that it that you're going to endure to, <laughs> to get off of that that server. Gotcha. Um, and, and Microsoft yeah. does not offer sort of a run continue running your SharePoint online, but manage it from Microsoft 365. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, no, no, they don't. Not like Exchange. They want you to move off. Uh, they they really do want people to move to the cloud um, and have as you know fewer servers uh, to have to deal with their the same applications you know the patches the upgrades which is great until you have an outage yes it is great uh, I think for those companies though that were that do have an on-prem they probably were in a safer place than uh, others uh, that were all in the cloud right. 
for that last outage. A friend of mine has been referring to them lately as Microsoft 363, <laughs> which, which gives me which gives me giggles. Yeah, it's, it's Schadenfreude. I can't Schadenfreude. I can't. I can't pronounce. I'm sorry to those of you who speak German. Oddly enough, we have a sizable German audience. I apologize if I could do it in German. I would, but. It's a great word. Basically, it's it's taking joy in the misfortunes of someone else. Uh, that's what that word is. It's only funny because it's not us. <laughs> right? <laughs> bad, Curtis. Bad. Yeah, bad. So I tell you what we're going to do, uh, Vanessa. We're going to close out this portion of the podcast, and we're going to make this like the Microsoft 365 architecture podcast, and then we're going to talk about backup next. You good with that? Yeah, I think that's okay. fine. Yeah, so we're going to close this out, and so so, and then we'll then we'll talk more for for a for a, for those of you that are listening to this. Just wait for the next episode. But uh, Vanessa, thanks for being on this episode. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. We're so excited. Thanks, Vanessa. All right, and thanks to the listeners, and um, uh, make sure to subscribe so that you will get the next uh, episode of this when we actually talk about. You know, the part that I care about. I, know, is... I, was just, I was just waiting for that, Curtis. I was like, what is he going to talk about backup? What is he going to talk about? Uh, that's like, how long do we have to talk about architecture before we can talk about protecting the architecture? Anyway, so uh, make sure to do that so that you can restore it all. System isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit.
that run Hoping that just for once it'll be completely done Maybe 